Hello, everybody. Welcome back to today's episode of the Chicago Sports Insider Podcast. I start today's episode off talking about the Bulls, who defeated the Detroit Pistons 94-88 to last night in their season opener uh, in Detroit. And a great performance from Zach Levine would help propel the Bulls to a victory. They were trailing at halftime 44-40 to against the Pistons, but they ended up uh, picking up the victory. Uh, Zach Levine, like I said, a great performance from him in 35 minutes. He put up 34. DeMar DeRozan with another good performance, 38 minutes with 17 points. Nikola Vucevic, 36 minutes with 15 points. Lonzo Ball, 33 minutes, 12 points. Uh, and then Patrick Williams, 28 minutes with 6 points. Ayo Desumu, who came off the bench in 11 minutes, had 7 points and 2 rebounds. Uh, he had a very nice night coming off the bench, but uh, uh, Bulls didn't look particularly great. Uh, the refing wasn't amazing. There was a lot of very questionable calls against both teams in this one. Um, and then the defense also wasn't very good either from the Bulls. Uh, Nikola Vucevic, who had a pretty nice offensive night, didn't have a very good defensive night at all. So, um... Obviously, you're going to want him to help or to try and uh, get better in his interior defense. He was getting a lot of rebounds on the offensive side of the ball, but uh, defensively, yeah, he was really struggling. You're probably going to need him uh, to improve on that a little bit since you know, you're, you're, he's really your main center. Your backup center is Marco Simnovic, who was the second-round pick of the team, and uh, he's still very raw as a player, so you kind of have to de- kind, of, kind of depend on uh, Vucevic's defense improving in the long term here. So the Bulls uh, pick up a uh, pick up a good win in their season opener. They will be at home tomorrow against the New Orleans Pelicans uh, for their home opener. So uh, this should be a fun game as well. Lonzo Ball getting to take on his former team in the New Orleans Pelicans. So I think he's going to come out ready to play. Uh, the last time he played the Pelicans, which was in the preseason, he dominated them uh, in a one twenty one in a one twenty one to eighty five victory in that game. Uh, he put up twenty one in twenty eight minutes, was the leading score for the Bulls. So uh, actually, no, he put up. 19 and 25 minutes that's my apologies uh but uh still he had a very nice game uh so i i think he's going to be very ready to come out here and uh improve that uh the pelicans should have held on to him and the the blackhawks will be celebrating will be celebrating patrick kane's 1000th career game tonight against the vancouver canucks in chicago the hawks can get their first win of the season after starting the year off 0-3 and 1 uh hawks Hopefully, we'll be uh, we'll be getting Kane that victory, a much needed victory, with some uh, some jobs on the line of guys like Sam Bowman and Jeremy Colleton. Uh, it is. It is uh, said by Scott Powers that Dylan Strome and Ryan Carpenter are expected to be in the lineup. Philip Kershev uh, is expected to be a scratch, and then Mike Hardman was expected to be out this game after he got hurt in the game against the Islanders. So a uh, uh, new change in uh, change in lineup here. Kevin Lankinen is expected to be the goaltender tonight after Mark Andre Fleury has looked uh, pretty bad so far this season. But uh, hopefully the Hawks are able to get a victory over the one two and one Canucks. That game is at seven thirty uh, in Chicago. Like I said and uh now we're gonna go over the white Sox season grades for their pitchers i did this with the cubs i just sort of went through all the players i didn't really i felt like i was just sort of talking a lot or talking too much and i sort of just threw it all into one episode which ended up being a very long and dragged out episode so i wanted to do it um sort of differently so i'm just going to be doing the starting pitchers and the bullpen guys then in tomorrow's episode uh, I'll be going over the uh, the hitters, so uh, this should be it should be interesting for the uh, for the postseason uh, for the postseason Mount White Sox. Uh, start off with Dylan Cease. Uh, Dylan Cease is the youngest member of this rotation, uh, and he had a very nice bounce back season: thirteen wins, seven losses, a three ninety one ERA. 
in uh, 32 games started. Uh, he pitched 165.2 innings. He had 226 strikeouts and a 1.249 uh, whip on the season. He improved his stats a lot from last year. Um, he did give up, uh, you know, he was giving up a lot of walks last season. He ended his year uh, with a 4 uh, 4 ERA on the season. Uh, and he improved his stats a good amount this year. Uh, he, you know, cut down on those walks. He was able to help uh, increase his strikeouts per nine. He was easily one of the best strikeout pitchers pitchers in that rotation so very happy with the way he was able to uh develop here and uh, i give his season an a honestly he was pretty good uh for most of the season there was really no point where he was too inconsistent or wasn't looking too good uh next player is going to be lance lynn uh lance lynn who is the uh was the oldest member of the uh rotation by a year uh he ended up being the uh the trade acquisition from texas for dane dunning and uh, he had a pretty solid season two, two uh 269 era 11 wins six losses uh in 28 games started he had a 100 he had 157 innings pitched uh 176 strikeouts and a 1.07 whip on the season so lance lynn uh, he got off to a really good start. He was in the Cy Young conversation, sort of went through a bit of an inconsistent time, sort of after, after the Astros series where he uh, sort of saw his stats decline a little bit. Then he went through some injuries, and uh, after that, he wasn't really able to keep up that fire. Uh, he struggled against the uh, the Astros in the postseason, obviously, uh, but still, he looks like a really good acquisition, signed that extension, so he's going to be around here for the next two years, um, so I'm very happy with the way Lance Lynn pitched this season. Even though he had his moments where he looked a little inconsistent, still, he had a very nice season, so I'd give him a solid A on the season. Then we have Lucas Giolito. Lucas Giolito ended his season with 11 wins, 9 losses, uh, 3.53 ERA in 31 games started. He pitched 178.2 innings. He had 201 strikeouts and a 1.103 whip on the year. Uh, Giolito, who was expected to be the ace of the staff, sort of started off a little rough. Uh, through his first couple starts, he was really struggling, and he also was a little inconsistent. He had some starts where he looked, uh, where he looked, he didn't look great. Where he would, you know, get knocked out early. Uh, one game that comes to mind was that game against the Royals at home, where he let up like nine runs in the first two innings. It was a bad start for him, but uh, towards the end of the year, he was probably the hottest pitcher in the rotation. Uh, in the postseason, he probably had the best performance out of everybody. So um, I, I was pretty happy with the way he pitched this season even though he started off a little inconsistently he still picked it up towards the end i give him a b on the year because we were expecting him to become that ace after a very strong last two years and he sort of uh he sort of went back to where he had been in 2018 he started to uh to sort of force some pitches at times sort of get too pretty i guess you could say uh, but I'd still very, I was still very happy with the way he pitched this season for the White Sox. Uh, now let's go to Carlos Rodon, who uh, came out of nowhere and started dominating. Uh, Rodon, he ended the year with 13 wins, 5 losses, a 2.37 ERA in 24 games started. Uh, he pitched 132.2 innings. He had 185 strikeouts and a 0.957 whip. Um, I don't think anybody expected to see Carlos Rodon come out and do what he was able to do. I mean, he he dominated for I mean for the most part for the most for the first couple of weeks of the season he was the Cy Young favorite uh, along with Garrett Cole and Lance Lim. Uh, towards the end of the season, we started seeing his uh, his fatigued a little bit. Uh, he was going through some arm issues. Uh, he had never pitched that much in his career, especially for a guy who had been uh, you know in surgery a lot for most of his career. He had really uh, really been hit hard by Tommy John or some some arm issues and uh we he had never really pitched that much in his career so 
uh, made a lot of sense to see him sort of start struggling towards the end of the year, and uh, he unfortunately wasn't really able to come out and uh, continue his dominance. He started to fall off a little bit towards the end of the year, but still uh, a season. He obviously uh, played much better than anyone expected him to, so uh, definitely going to give him an A for this one. Then we have Dallas Keuchel, who was 9-9 um, on the season. He ended with a 5.28 ERA in 32 uh, in 32 games or 32 games started, I should say. Uh, he had 162 innings pitched, 95 strikeouts, and a 1.531 WHIP. Uh, yeah, he was bad. This is gonna be a guy who's gonna get an F on the season uh, after what he did last season, where he excuse me, where he dominated. Uh, it was his first year with the White Sox, and he looked really good. Um, him and Giolito were easily the two best uh, pitchers in that rotation. We were expecting to see sort of the same thing, but he ended up being the weakest spot in this rotation, 100%. Uh, he looked bad. He looked really, really bad, and the Sox are now at a point where he is, uh, you know, he is sort of a liability in that rotation. It was just a ton of walks. Um, every time you watched him, he had very little command of his pitches. His fastball was in like the 90 to 92 range, which is bad. Um, yeah, he, he did very, very poorly this season. Uh, so hopefully he's able to recapture his youth a little bit from his Cy Young days in Houston. Uh, but right now it seems very unlikely that's going to happen. Now let's turn to the bullpen. And let's start off with Jose Ruiz. Uh, Jose Ruiz, actually his birthday today uh, on the season, he was 1-3 with a 3.05 ERA uh, in 62 innings pitched. He had 63 strikeouts and a 1.169 whip on the year. Um, he was pretty solid for most part of the season, I'd say. There was moments where he didn't look great, where he was giving up, uh, no, was giving up a little more hits than we expected him to. Uh, he was a good strikeouts guy, though. Uh, I'd say he his season was pretty solid. He sort of came out of nowhere uh, in this bullpen. They needed a guy who could come in here and, uh, and eat up and eat up some innings. Besides for Michael Kopech and no uh, and Garrett Crochet and Liam Hendricks, and I think he did that pretty well. Uh, I give him a solid A on the season. I think he he came out here and he came out and sort of uh, sort of performed very well now let's turn to michael kopech uh, michael kopech ended the year with a with four wins three losses uh 350 era uh in 69 innings pitched uh he had 103 strikeouts and a 1.125 whip on the season uh kopech was the guy who uh who really took this bullpen and elevated it uh, he was easily the best arm in the bullpen, besides for Liam Hendricks. Uh, he's very good. I think he he dominated uh, for most for the most part when he was coming out of the bullpen. He dominated. He looked very good. Uh, there was moments towards the end, of, towards like the middle, towards the end of the year, where he started to struggle a little bit more. Uh, but they did have some better arms in that bullpen. They could depend on more than his. Uh, and I think it was just more of that fatigue. Obviously, a guy who's had Tommy John his career, uh, a guy who last season opted out due to COVID. Uh, so you can see he was getting a little bit tired, but uh, he, he was probably the most elite arm in this bullpen, I'd say. So I give him an A on the year. I feel like he looked very good uh, for this team. Next player uh, we're going to talk about from this bullpen is Matt Foster. Matt Foster was, uh, he was, he was brutal at times. Uh, Matt Foster had a, uh, had a somewhat strong 2020. Actually had a very nice 2020. Uh, he had a, uh, 220 ERA this season. It was very poor, uh, two wins, one loss and a six ERA, uh, and 39 innings pitch. He had 40 strikeouts and a 1.436 whip, um, yeah, he looked bad at times. There was uh, he was spent a good amount of time in the in uh, AAA with Charlotte. Uh, he was guy who was getting 
recalled and, and called back up almost every every other day at this point, uh, similar to a guy like Danny Mendick. But uh, yeah, he was bad. He was he was quite poor this season. Um, you know, he he was inconsistent. He was tough to uh, to watch out there. He was bad. So I'd, I'd honestly give him an F on the season. He did not have a good year at all. Uh, especially when we were expecting him to take a little bit of a bigger role there. Uh, yeah, he, he struggled. He struggled. Uh, next player we're going to talk about is Ryan Tapera. Tapera was traded from the White Sox or from the Cubs to the White Sox at the trade deadline along with Craig Kimbrell. And uh, he looked pretty good this season. He had uh, no wins, two losses, a 2.79 ERA, and 61 innings pitched, uh, 74 strikeouts, and a 0.88 WHIP. Um, yeah, he was very good. He was very good with the, with the uh, White Sox. He was good with the Cubs as well. Uh, but with the White Sox, he was a very, he was a different level. Uh, he looked very good with the White Sox. Uh, so I was very happy with where he was at with them. Um, Hopefully, he's got the uh, the Sox are going to be looking to bring back. Uh, you no, know, he was involved in that Craig Kimbrell trade. We know what's going to happen with Craig Kimbrell. Uh, so I think Tapera is somebody who will probably be uh, probably be in a better spot than uh, than Kimbrell is. But either way, I'm hoping he's going to be back on the White Sox uh, on the White Sox roster next season because uh, he looked very good. He he was pretty impressive. Uh, he you know in the postseason he had he was a part of that pretty solid bullpen which shut down the uh, Astros in Game Three. Uh, so he he looked good. I was pretty impressed by the way he uh, he came over to the south side and was able to perform. Now let's turn to Craig. As, oh, actually, I didn't even grade Ryan Tapera. I give Ryan Tapera uh, an A on the season. I think he looked very good. The White Sox. I felt very confident uh, when he was on the mound. Uh, now let's turn to Craig Kimbrell. And uh, and yeah, Craig Kimbrell was uh, he was bad. He was four and five with a two twenty six ERA uh, in fifty nine innings pitched. He had one hundred strikeouts and a zero point nine oh five WHIP. Uh, but with the White Sox, um, he was bad. He had over five oh nine ERA. Uh, yeah, he was he was quite bad. He's, he was giving up more home runs. He was giving up a lot more hits. A lot more walks. Um, I don't think. Any Sox fans were really too happy with the way he played. Um, yeah, especially when you give up a, uh, a very valuable piece like Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. Uh, you're expecting a lot better out of him, and he did not do anything good with the White Sox. He occasionally had some good outings, but overall, he was not in a good, a good situation. He was not a setup man. He was a closer at heart. And they sort of threw him into a position where they needed him to become a setup guy for an eighth or seventh inning situation. That's not what he was supposed to do. And uh, and he struggled with it. So I'd probably have to give him a D on the season because he had a very strong season uh, with, the, uh, with the Cubs. But with the White Sox, it was very poor. Uh, so he's going to get a D. Now let's turn to Aaron Bummer. Aaron Bummer ended his year with a 5-5 record uh, with a 351 ERA and 56 innings pitched, uh, 75 strikeouts, and a 1.260 whip. Uh, Aaron Bummer, he had a very strong 2020. Uh, He had a very strong 2019 as well. And we thought that he was possibly going to become that elite bullpen arm for the White Sox. And he sort of, at times, didn't look great. Uh, he, at times, had his struggles. But I was pretty happy with the way he ended his year. Uh, he was a big strikeout guy this uh, this season. Uh, he had, you know, his stuff towards the end of the year was definitely looking a lot better than it was towards the beginning of the year. So I think he pitched very well this season. Uh, I give him a B on the year. I think, uh, I think we were expecting him to sort of become that elite bullpen arm. I don't think he's going to be that, but I think 
he is going to be uh, I think he is going to be a very solid uh, reliever for this team. Now let's turn to Garrett Crochet, uh, the youngest guy in this bullpen. He was three and five with a 2.82 ERA uh, and 54 innings pitched, 65 strikeouts, and a 1.270 WHIP. Uh, Crochet, he had a pretty strong uh, 2020. He came up in the middle of the year just after being drafted, and uh, he looked very good out of that bullpen. Uh, and this season was no different. He did have some moments where he looked a little inconsistent. He gave up the uh, he gave a good amount of hits as well as a good amount of walks from for the uh, most part. But um, I was pretty impressed with the way he pitched this season. Uh, he was that guy who was sort of uh, involved in that Craig Kimbrell trade or was sort of talked about in that Craig Kimbrell trade. It was either they trade him or they trade Nick Madrigal, and they thought he was more uh, elite player than Madrigal. Not elite player, but he was going to help them win more since Madrigal was hurt. He wasn't. Uh, and I think they didn't particularly make the right choice. But uh, when you're, you know, Garrett Crochet is still a really good player. Uh, his fastball velocity was down a lot this season which you know sort of gave a lot of people uh sort of sort of scared a lot of people but uh i'm still pretty happy with the way he pitched i give him a solid a on the year i think he he looked very good uh with the white Sox this season and i was very excited to watch him pitch uh with knowing that he is uh he's guy who has a lot of upside in his career right now now let's turn to liam hendricks the big acquisition for this bullpen ended the year with eight and with an eight and three record uh 200 uh 254 ERA uh, in uh, 71 innings pitch. He had 38 saves, uh, 113 strikeouts, and a 0.732 whip. Um, yeah, he was very good. Uh, I really liked the way he pitched. Um, no, he was he he's a guy who brought that big amount of energy, or uh, he's a guy who brought that energy to this uh, to this clubhouse. Uh, and even though he was not, uh, no, I wouldn't say he was particularly elite, but I'd say he was a very solid closer. He made the All Star game, um, so I was happy with the way he pitched. Even though there was some moments, you no, know, in the Field of Dreams game, you no, know, he blew that save. Still, uh, he came in, you no, know, he came in when they needed a closer, and he played or did his job well. So I was pretty happy with uh, with where he was at with the White Sox. Now let's turn to Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, he came out of nowhere, ended the year with a 4-4 four four record, uh, 343 ERA in 57 innings pitched, 55 strikeouts, and a 0.954 whip. Uh, Lopez came out of nowhere after being a very bad starting pitcher for years, um, ended up becoming a solid bullpen arm for this team and somebody who they could throw in there if they needed a uh, if they needed somebody to go into a uh, into a uh, game to start he was there he was there for him so uh, i give him an a i don't think anyone saw him doing what he was able to do then we have mike wright uh mike wright he was on one with a 550 era uh an 18 innings pitch he had uh, he had 11 strikeouts and a one uh, 1.556 whip. Um, I mean, I don't think anyone was really expecting him to do much. He got sent back down to AAA just before the postseason, and um, I think he's still there. I don't know if he was claimed or not, but uh, yeah, he was. He wasn't good. Uh, he was really just a depth piece, but they used him a lot more than I was expecting them to. So uh, I was a little shocked by that. And then uh, the final guys on the list we have Evan Marshall. Evan Marshall. Um, he was 0-2 with a 560 ERA. I don't really need to go into it too much. He was an F. Uh, Marshall looked pretty solid in 2019. That was his his year where he really started to shine with the White Sox. Uh, and then 2020 was also a pretty solid year for him. But uh, this season, yeah, it was bad. Uh, I don't know what happened to him, but it was it was not good at all. 
Uh, and then we have Jimmy Lambert. Uh, Jimmy Lambert, he had 13 innings pitched. Uh, he he was 1-1 one one with a 6-23 ERA. He did start three games with the White Sox. Uh, he did come up as a starting pitcher uh, for the White Sox, but... They really used him in more of a bullpen situation. Uh, he did end up spending a good amount of time in AAA this year. He only had a few stints, I think two stints in the major leagues. That's it. Uh, so really not much out of him. I give him a solid C. I don't think we were really expecting him to come in here and be an elite arm. But that's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you guys tomorrow.